Hi there and welcome to Free Indeed, a podcast about winning the fight against pornography through faith in Jesus. And today we're going to be speaking to three students, Al, Joe and Tom. It'd be great to have an idea of who you are, um, what uni you go to and what you study. So Al, do you want to start off? Yeah, I'm Al. I've lived in London all my life, still in London. Um, went to uni in London, a place called St. Manitis College. So I uh, studied theology and just finished this year. Brilliant. Joe, what about you? Yeah, um, I'm from the South. I'm studying up north in Lancaster, doing an English literature and philosophy degree. Um, and yeah, uh, second year, just going into third, having a great time. Great. Tom, what about you? Yeah, um, so I go to Loughborough University. Um, I've just finished second year as well and I study product design. So, uh, yeah. Brilliant. So my first question is, uh, porn generally affects people in the same way. Uh, we spoke about, about it a lot on this podcast about shame, about the feeling of guilt, about the feeling of dirtiness, all those sorts of effects. But for you guys, are there any sort of like unique effects that um, porn has as a student? Are there any? Is there anything specific that you think is like relevant to talk about in terms of uh, porn use at university? I suppose there was one thing that came to mind for me, uh, which uh, was, it kind of applies at, at really all situations and so not just university, but I think university really heightens this. Um, I think it's really isolating. Um, and university is this like hyper social time. And obviously you're getting to know lots of people. Uh, you're in a kind of transition period, a kind of finding stuff out about yourself and the kind of person you want to be in the relationship you want to develop with people. And I think it's one of the major effects that porn can have actually is the isolating effect because it's because of that shame that you talked about, Matt, um, just before. Um, it just removes you from those like relationships and those conversations just a little bit. Um, and actually that's really damaging uh, and can produce loneliness or at the very least, um, you know, shame and um, frustration uh, or confusion. Um, and I think because of that social setting, uh, like hyper-social um, setting that you're in at that stage of life, um, that's where it can be really damaging sometimes. I think it can also, I think it can be isolating, but maybe for a slightly different reason um, as well, which is that when you um, watch porn, so to speak, um, you, uh, your perspective changes. I think the way you, that you, um, if you're a guy, the way you view women, for example, um, definitely changes, albeit temporarily. Um, and so when you go out into those social situations, you know, you're, you're mixing with lots of new people. Um, yeah. It can just be really strange because you're just, yeah, your, your, your perspective is, is off. And then you sort of, I guess it feeds into a bit of a feedback loop um, of, oh gosh, how bad am I? I'm viewing women this way. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a place anyone really wants to be in. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's it's a really strange one. It can it can definitely sort of um, mess with your your perspective um, on just people, and you don't really think about that. And then when your when your perspective changes involuntarily, then suddenly you're like, oh gosh, uh, this isn't good. Um, and then it can sort of you know lead to all sorts of social anxieties and all the rest of it. I think the unique effect that has is to do with the fact that at university you're in a kind of unique position where a lot of your studying is for the first time uh, incredibly isolated. And that really uh, erases any kind of barrier between, uh, I suppose, your work-life balance. And as it does that, it really erases a barrier between um, what is morally acceptable in the workplace and what is morally acceptable in your private life. 
Yeah, just on that, I think that point about barriers is really important because you can, because as you're blending those worlds or where like, yeah, if you're studying and then suddenly that becomes a place where temptation can take a hold and, and you can like go into those habits or those patterns or those things which actually end up producing shame that actually like that ruins. I've definitely found there are times where I've had it really hard to work because I hated like the place that I worked or the work patterns I was in because of like the ease with which you can just slip into something that ultimately is destructive and instead of like creative um and actually that blur is really difficult in your mental health sometimes so we've spoken a little bit about isolation about the ease of access are there any other additional factors that you think um causes poor news yeah I think um a big one would be uh using it as like a kind of coping mechanism um let's say for a long day you've been working all you've been working hard all day you get back home and uh, is your go-to to basically like binge watch TV because you haven't had that rest time. And like if something has gone particularly wrong, I think um, it's interesting. I know people who who would go and have a drink just to cool off. Um, and that's not necessarily a good thing because it's like alcohol is your crutch. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think that that can be uh, like possibly like a bit of a kind of cause, cause and effect, so to speak. If you've had a rough day or a rough few days, um, you're feeling a bit out of it, haven't met up with some of your Christian mates possibly. Um, I think that can be that can be an issue. I also think boredom plays into it. Um, quite a lot of free time and quite often, particularly in first year and um, at certain times of the year, um, I don't know, for me, when my assignments were stacked up in one part of the year and then the rest, there was another part of the year that was a bit more empty, just got like bored. And I was, as you know, Joe was saying, on a computer, uh, most of the time anyway doing whatever work I did have um, and actually boredom is a real trigger sometimes. I think a, um, a kind of unique, not maybe not quite unique, but an essential and not so much talked about uh, part of response reporting. The ease of access of porn is, is, is the key part there. Um, what you have to do is, like I said, source tabs. Um, a key part of countering that is actually finding more creative ways to institute fun into your routine. Take your five or 10 minute break to develop a hobby that you do on the side. It's like a drastic break from what you've been doing. We're not able to just sit at a computer and just work. But if you can actually find a way to make yourself joyful and happy, find what you love and do it in a break, you'll be less prone to the kind of um, despair that leads to one dopamine hit. I think the first step to fighting porn is being structurally and humbly aware uh, that we need happiness and we can't just work. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really great point. And that, I mean, it's the classic line from um, I think it's Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And actually, this is a place where that can really apply. Great. What I would next uh, like to cover is sort of the attitude of of student culture in general uh, towards porn. Whether it's just Christians on campus who are opposed to porn, or whether there's a, there's beginning to be a change of uh, attitudes, does it matter on campus if people are Christians or not uh, as to their opinion on porn, and as things begin to change? Um, I think I think I've been somewhat surprised by some of the reactions uh, to pornography. I think students are typically actually beginning to realise that uh, there is a really damaging element to porn. I think also a lot of the traditional kind of restraints or um, uh, moderating factors, like a lot of physical exercise or a lot of community, have been removed to really make a tangible difference. It is required 
to put up very strong barriers. There is no moderation really when it comes to porn. And I think um, without a kind of larger structure of why to avoid porn, most students just don't have the ability to work themselves out of it. So there may be a general reaction of, yeah, it's probably possibly quite bad. But I think there's also a general moral permissiveness. People at university are generally like, um, like sex is part of a relationship. Kind of the way that the way that I've seen a lot of um, a lot there are some friends of mine who are very very um, open minded so to speak about uh, a lot of that stuff uh, which I think is really damaging because they they don't necessarily view it as significant in any way shape or form whether that be with a person whether that be on a screen um, they kind of just view it as like kind of you know hedonistic so to speak uh, it's just like it's just like alcohol um, like you know, once the hangover is worn off, it, it, you're, you're all good to go again kind of thing. Um, and I think that's that's a real danger. I think that feels into the apathy that, that Joe was talking about. Um, and yeah, and I think the danger is that porn and the, and the real life version, so don't uh, perceive the, the difference between the two. So they don't, they don't think that there's anything wrong with porn because they don't think there's anything wrong with having um, sex in or out of a relationship. Um, so I think that's that's potentially the danger is that, you know, um, oh, you're not with someone and you're not going out that evening and um, you might have a meeting the next day. So oh, I'll just watch porn because it's the next best thing. Um, and I think that's that's the danger. Yeah, m- my student experience is much different because it, it was a Christian university. So um, the culture <laughs> in answer to this particular question, I'm going to slightly dodge it and talk about something slightly different uh, which I think relates to like that kind of surround something that I've experienced like the emotional like turmoil that surrounds uh sexual temptation and which uh feeds into it and which has and which is fed by it which is like a slight obsessiveness with relationship moments where I've been raised in the church by you know tremendous churches tremendous leaders and like marriage was just an idol at university i think this classic case of like it's a time when you're thinking about long-term relationships maybe and i think definitely having grown up in the church it's been slightly stoked by marriage being the kind of norm not necessarily an idol sometimes just the norm and singleness not necessarily being presented with enough kind of like verve and encouragement um, and so I think university was just one of those times where like relationship was just on the mind and porn was like the easy way and obviously not fulfilling, not, not the solution. But like, if we're honest that when I like think about my thought structure, it definitely played into um, like my use of porn or like how I thought about um, like, it just fed into my like sexual drive. And so that's something to be aware of um, when you're among Christian friends, even at university. So Al mentioned earlier about isolation being a factor that contributes to porn use at university. And we hear a lot about uh, community being a, sort of a vital weapon against isolation. We speak about, about, about it on this podcast. We talked about community and how uh, we were created for belonging, to belong with and uh, through each other. And um, how, have, how has community at university for you guys helped in this struggle? Um, how has having people around you to support you, how has that influenced you in the, in the way that you think about porn, but also in the way that you sort of deal with it or fight against it? Um, yeah, I think uh, for me personally, I've found that um, 
good. That Christian community has been really helpful for that. I found that uh, there'll be people who have been willing to challenge me um, and build me up as a person, um, which I don't think is, is, is really prevalent in secular society. Um, and, I, and I don't think that this podcast in any way, shape or form should be saying um, sort of, you know, demonizing secular culture um, and saying like church is the only way. But there's definitely something to be said for um, surround yourself with people who will build you up in character. Because um, if, they're, if they're investing in you in that way, then they'll be um, wanting to help you get to grips with, with this particular topic. Um, and yeah, I found that being part of, of accountability groups, which is certainly part of being part of community that are invested in um, you as a person. Um, that's, that, that is just such a helpful thing. People, people kind of, you know, being willing to be vulnerable with each other. Um, that built, I think that even if someone's just being vulnerable with you and they're not necessarily like asking you how you're doing, that just encourages you to um, kind of reveal a bit of yourself. And, and make yourself a bit vulnerable as well? Um, I think the, uh, the really essential part of community is that when you're interacting with other human individuals, you see all the irregularities and idiosyncrasies and the, the actual character of people, of real life. And I think the essential aim of porn uh, as a product, and let's not forget that it is a product, it's a money-making industry, is to construct a, a fantasy in one's head is to kind of airbrush the entirety of reality, reduce the complexity of, of kind of male and female relationships to um, this like cheap, grotty, carnal interaction that's just uh, X plus Y equals Z. And it wipes out all the awkward stuff in between. There's no need for safety. There's no need for communication. There's no need for relationship because everything just happens in a linear way. And I think being part of community reminds you that actually, you know, um, if you meet a girl that you really like, your face is going to go really red and you're going to blush and your words are going to stop working and your legs are going to stop working. It's not the airbrushed, glorified fantasy that porn likes to feed you. And I think that reminds you that relationship is important. I mean, especially if you talk to women, and this really is crucial with your relationship with women, you're reminded that women are, let's be very, very, very blunt, human beings, God's creation, daughters of God, of, and, you know, connected to Christ, they are not objects. And that is the essential weapon against pornography. Instead of the dream of objectifying one another and reducing them to merely images in your head, they are flesh and blood. As you see that, you begin to realize that flesh and blood, the real world, requires a different spirit, a different heart and embodied spirit than the one that is presented to you on a screen. If you're the, next, the day after drinking too much alcohol, for example, you'd look back on the events and what your actions were. And I think you'd say, oh gosh, why on earth did I do that? That would be insane to do that now. Um, and I think it can be the same with uh, porn. I think your, your, your mindset can be influenced by just a, a kind of rapid buildup of hormones. And then straight afterwards, you're like, oh my gosh, what the flip am I watching? This is, this is so wrong. Um, and so, yeah, just to, just to sort of, feed into the conversation of um that that you don't need to feel ashamed necessarily afterwards because quite often it's a product of your biology not a product of like choice yeah i think there are um on this idea of how can community help there are just like four things to come to mind so i'll try and do them <laughs> i'll try to remember them and try to do them quickly um i think the first one was just uh, like the teaching that can come from 
other people, be that in a church community where you're learning from like elders, um, uh, people that you look up to or just friends um, who obviously can teach. I mean, I remember uh, it was slightly auxiliary to uh, like the pornography conversation, but just having some teaching on relationships uh, at in a church community. And uh, the guy said, and I'll never forget this, that the most powerful sexual organ that we have is our mind. And that for me, like changed the game. It was something I'm now like super aware of. Just be aware of it, what your mind's doing. That's actually a super powerful thing to notice. I, uh, I think the second one is that um, it's something that Tom talked about, uh, that like you're surrounded by other guys. There's this, like, I think there's challenge and like encouragement in the same thing of like knowing people are going through this themselves. I think definitely hearing, um, from other people that they're experiencing it, whether it's in accountability groups and you're able to action it together, or whether it's just like knowing that you're not alone in this struggle, that's huge. And that's something really only community can give you. I think the third thing is uh, like prayer. It's the classic thing. If you're surrounded by a Christian community and you're able to be vulnerable with them, if you feel like that's something you're able to offer. And I would really encourage people to do that because I think um, it's really important that ability to be vulnerable, um, that receiving prayer for help with temptation i mean the bible speaks a lot and prays a lot about temptation it's in the lord's prayer um and there are loads of psalms that deal with temptation psalm 51 is basically about sexual sin um that's a really helpful like i was really blessed that my community at university was able to pray for me on all sorts of things but this included and that makes a real difference we're lying if it doesn't um, and as Christians, it's something we really want to just press into and it's free. Prayer is totally free. So um, get as much of it as you can. Um, and then I think just the fourth thing is like um, Christian community can just remind you of who Jesus is and what he did for you and how much he loves you and how much you're worth. Um, and yeah, uh, that, that kind of image of the cross, obviously the central image of our faith. But um, I think actually I've applied that to my like struggles with intimacy which is ultimately what i'm looking for in pornography and obviously not finding it and this intimacy of needing to be loved um and and it kind of may sound weird but um ultimately i think the answer is to like to know that you're loved and the cross which hopefully your community will be pointing you towards and jesus and the words that he speaks over you and um the words that um you know, leap out of the pages of the Bible and um, the words the Holy Spirit says to you through other people or whatever um, about who Jesus is and what he says about you and how much he loves you. Um, I've definitely noticed that making a difference in my um, attitude towards pornography and my ability to resist it. Porn can and should be tackled in a variety of ways because porn is part of life. Um, I think if I'm going to say one thing here, it really should be to close that um, do not let this be a Christian challenge that you endure. Do not separate porn from the rest of your life. Do not hide porn away from God. Do not see porn as something that, you know, only affects the spiritual part of you. We've talked about, you know, how it affects your work, your life, your community, your neuroscience, your physicality, uh, your imagination, everything. Porn needs to be tackled holistically. Jesus said, to live life to the fullest. This is a full life. And as such, it requires a holistic approach to tackling it. Amen to that. Lads, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for your 
faithfulness. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for um, yeah chatting to uh, us today. I know there's going to be so many people who are blessed by it, and it's been a real pleasure. And to all those listening, uh, we'll see you very soon. Take care.